0: Welcome back to the Barnell podcast. If you follow this pod, you know I love talking to CEO level type of players in our industry, big thinkers. This one is no different. I have Andrew Flackner, the CEO of Real Scout. We talk about how he started a dating app. He's super heavy in the tech world before he started Real Scout, vending machines, and what every single agent should be doing in their business today to make an impact in their community. Definitely drop me a comment. Let me know what you thought of this pod. And at the end of the pod, make sure you check out the link below for Sisu. If you wanna actually automate your business and make it easier for you to transact online, not a million different logins and all this stuff, you don't need that. All you need to do is check out Sisu. Teams that get on Sisu on average increase their volume by 107% while individual agents increase their annual volume on average by 28%. Check out Sisu, hit the link below, just look around, see if it's a right fit for you, where you are in your business today, If you want to actually make it easier and start to automate some of this back-end stuff, get on Sisu. Check out the link below and enjoy the pod. All right, Andrew, finally getting to sit down and chat with you. Kevin's done a great job of trying to put us together. I know Kevin from back at his
1: planematic days. So. That's right. Yeah, we're lucky to have him on board.
0: Yeah, no, Kevin's great. And so uh, Tom and I are, you know, just thankful to spend some time with you. So why don't you, you you've been an entrepreneur for quite some time. You've done a lot. And why don't you just tell us how you got what you were doing before you got into real estate and sure. how you got into uh, Real Scout and all of that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well thanks for having me. Yeah. Uh, pleasure to meet you both. And for me, entrepreneurship has always been a part of my life. So when I started selling real estate, it was actually in high school Got my license.
0: Like, so you were 18 your senior year. That's right. That's and, right. And you still beat me. I was 19. I mean,
1: that, that, that,
2: that's, you're the first person I met that was in license before I was. That, you, that that's impressive. You know why anyone's your sphere from? of
0: influence does not work at that point,
1: <laughs> right? No, you're right. It doesn't. But my sphere's parents did own homes, right? Okay. So that was my, uh, you know, one of my, my, that, imagine that
0: you get picked up from like football practice and <laughs> you're like, okay, uh, Mr. Smith, you know, I don't know. I think you got <laughs> your house is a little small. I've been over there for <laughs> dinner and you guys are kind of outgrowing the house you right? know, as he's dropping you off.
1: That's right. Well, and then I also chose to do the hardest thing, which is go after Fizbo's. So, um, you know, that's uh, for, for another uh, another time, maybe what over a drink. The weekends. Uh, yeah, and weekdays. I mean, I, I worked really hard because I needed to, and not a lot of people would trust a, a pimply-faced teenager to sell or For help no. them buy you know, a large asset like that. Zero chance. Yeah, but I, uh, I really fell in love with the industry, um, sought out a, a top broker in my market to get mentorship, He said, you can be my intern. I said, no, I want to be your buyer specialist. And I just kept persisting, coming back until uh, finally he allowed me to join his team. And so he still tells this story to this day as he recruits agents, because he thought it was a good example of perseverance. And that's something you need in this industry if you're going to be successful. Yes. But, you know, I sold real estate. Uh, He convinced me to go uh, to university and get my degree uh, in finance and real estate development and then from there uh i continued my entrepreneurial pursuits and started businesses in the online dating space which actually has a lot of parallels to uh but to real estate and any, helping people find their match in a home like conferences
0: but any <laughs> any, any, <laughs> na- any names we know
1: uh the company that that i founded yeah. uh yeah it was duodater it, it was sold to the former match.com ceo um, my wife
0: and i have been together since we were 17 years old so i, I that went right over my head. I've never heard of it.
1: But. Yeah, it, it, it wasn't a it wasn't uh, a household name by any stretch, but it was a, a, a website that allowed uh, you and a friend to form a joint profile and look for another duo to date. Um, so the idea was that online dating can be a lot less awkward, a lot more social. Oh, okay, double but, dating. That's right. Not, so good not swingers, but double dating. Exactly. Double okay. dating. Right. Double dating. Did you have
0: a swinger uh, product? Like, no, like, you know, we did whole, not no. get into that business. No, <laughs> but think about that,
2: though. The like how much more more like safe you would feel going with like a friend yeah, and yeah. going on a
1: double date versus especially main-
0: especially for women safety yeah. is a big deal about the online that's uh, right. Dating.
1: And, and frankly, if you only have one or two weekend days uh, a week to go on a date, it just made the whole thing more social. You weren't risking. I mean, The worst case scenario is that you have a good story with your friends. Um, yeah. like, so that was a business that uh, we did for a few years. Actually, my co-founder at Real Scout was my co-founder uh, at Duo Dater. Nice. Uh, from there, uh, I launched a uh, uh, healthy food vending machine company in California. So we did a lot of the vending for public schools. Uh, that, co- that company exited as well, and then real estate just kept uh, calling me back, and the, the problem that we were trying to solve when we founded Real Scout is that when I was a real estate agent, my clients would be searching religiously on the national portals, and I was stuck using the decades-old MLS, which does a good job for agents, but really pales in comparison to what consumers have come to expect on the portals. And so, to summarize, I would say that the portals were driving a wedge between my clients and myself, and I wanted to fix that.
0: Um, we're going to make you pitch us on Real sure. Scout before the end of this pod because Kevin's been dying to get me in front of the pitch. <laughs> Probably Tom as well or somebody over at Real Scout. So, we're going to make you give us the real time sure. pitch of Real Scout before we get into the pod. But I'm just curious because you're a co founder. Yes. Two different companies, or maybe more. Two? Just uh, two, Only one at a time, but yes. One at a time, yeah. yeah. When you start a new company as an entrepreneur, you're doing a startup, what is step one, two, and three for creating a new company?
1: Oh, it's a great question. And it's something I feel very strongly about. Um, we believe in what's called customer development methodology, which means that you don't have the answer for your startup. You don't have the answer for what your business will be, your customers do. And so what we did when, when we founded the company was we interviewed customers. And at that point, we didn't even really know who our customers were, so we interviewed home buyers, home sellers, real estate agents, brokers. How'd you get to them? It's, it, you know what? Uh, hustle, because we actually had a competition with a few other friends who were starting a company at the same time, and whoever got logged more hours of these interviews would buy the other dinner. And this so is what
0: DMing it, people or like emailing, literally or, walking
1: or. up to people at airports and, and just saying, saying, are you are a buyer, you a seller, owner? Exactly. You're, you have with 30 minutes before this, this flight boards, let me ask you some questions. Did you buy or sell a home recently? Great place to corner, people.
0: (laughs) Exactly. I want to
2: talk there, too. They're bored. And then, I mean, you're also running a sales competition. That's what he's doing here. Like, one of the tried and true methods. We hear about this all the time, running our teams and brokerages. It's
1: sales competitions work. Except it's more valuable than revenue. Think about that. For sure. Yeah. It's it's, if you can really figure out what what problem you're trying to solve. Because, listen, uh, the reason why most startups fail is not because of a lack of good ideas. It's because they're solving problems that don't exist. And so, if you can talk to someone and say, Oh, you sold a house recently. How was that experience? Oh, it was a really sucky experience. Well, why? If you could wave a magic wand, what would you change about that experience? You can start to uncover a, a really, and then pattern recognition. If you can start to talk to enough of those people, some, some themes will surface.
0: How are you collecting this data to find those patterns? Is, is
1: it, it's Google, it's Google spreadsheet, like, but okay. realistically, it's going to be your own pattern recognition that picks up mm-hmm. the the pain points. Yeah, and, and is the pain you're trying to solve? Is it you know a vitamin type of pain? Is it a band aid type of pain? Is it a tourniquet type of pain? Hopefully, it's closer to a tourniquet because then you're going to have real pricing power. Opportunity's bigger. Yeah, All right, so that's no,
0: that's number one. What's the next step?
1: Uh, the next step is iterate is iterating. Frankly, right? You're going to build prototypes. So here's a, a story that most people don't know about Real Scout um we were getting feedback on our product and we had some half-baked prototype and we had a woman her name was adriana plute at the time she was with elon panel realtors in california she came in and we asked her for feedback it was just supposed to be a feedback session but about halfway into the pitch she took out her checkbook literal checkbook and said i want to buy this software How's, how does 500 dollars sound and at the time we were so you know taken by that that we said sure not even thinking well, is it a recurring subscription? It was just, here's your (laughs) lifetime subscription for $500. Um, And at that point, we decided that, you know, we were on the right track, but it took a lot more validation before we convinced ourselves of that.
0: And then the next step,
1: the next step was to iterate on it. Right. Then yeah. you can, you continue to build with your customer in mind. I mean, to this day we have over a hundred thousand customers and they are providing feedback to our customer service line. A lot of people think that that just goes into a black hole. It doesn't, it actually gets logged, it gets categorized. And then as we hear more and more of the same type of feedback or feature request, we will get more votes for those features. And that's how we prioritize That's part of the, the way we prioritize our roadmap.
0: So a hundred thousand clients, single agents teams like, you know, Tom's, Got a huge team in Philadelphia. Uh, and then our brokerage has
2: single agents. I'm curious who you're, like, what, who's your avatar? Who's your ideal client?
1: So we are selling into brokerages and we work with the biggest brokerages in the country, Long and Foster, Howard Hanna, Fox and Roach, Side. I mean, these are companies that, um, they they realize there's a part of their funnel that can really use a boost, and it's the middle of the funnel. It's the part of the funnel that people aren't talking about, right? This is a coin-operated industry. If you walk through the halls of a convention center, it's always lead gen, lead gen, we're gonna get you more leads, we're gonna get you more business. But we all know where business is coming from, it's from your sphere of influence, it's from people you already know. So if you can nurture, captivate, convert those people, it's going to be higher ROI, uh, for your marketing strategy.
0: So what's the biggest pain point for an agent, right? Like we always talk about tactics, right? What, what's one agent tactic, one agent, you'd say it better, Tom, the hack the right? agent
2: hacks. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I find that, you know, in our brokers, we got single agents, we got small teams and there's our team, which is like a mega team. Uh, wh- what's the biggest pain point you guys are trying to solve for those people? Because you talk about middle of the funnel and we just were talking about this with some people in our mastermind group earlier today that, age leads are where the money's at right now. And, that's right. And it, it, we actually, a couple of us broke down, like, here's our pending sales. Here's the percentage based on the date of their registration within our CRMs. Most agents aren't thinking that way. Right. So maybe you could talk a little bit about that, because it sounds like that's what you're trying to solve for.
1: It, it is. And not to belabor the point, but I think a lot of brokers, agents, and teams, they fixate on the top of the funnel, right? They want to get their website just right. They want to get their lead strategy uh, their lead gen strategy dialed in. They want to spend more money with online advertisers. But the reality is that there's a gold mine hiding in your sphere of influence. And we all know that agents are not doing enough keeping up with those clients with timely, relevant. Topical information, right? We're not talking about Valentine's Day cards or Daylight Savings. Yeah. We're talking about what check-in, m- <laughs> the, the, the yeah. check-in call I the, mean, there's
0: it, nothing worse than the Daylight Savings rollback email. That is the worst email in <laughs> so real estate Spring history.
2: forward. Yeah, happy spring St. Patrick's Day. I'd, right. I'd be really lucky if you could send me a referral.
1: It's the worst The, the problem is that I think a lot of this uh, A lot of the, the data that that agents rely on has become commoditized has become um democratized in some way, right? As an industry, we think about listing data being the most important type of data, right? Even the biggest leaders in our industry are talking a big game about listing data. But let's be real, your clients have access to listing data with sometimes more ease than you do, right? And so what Redfin is... Redfin
0: Data Center is, uh, pretty powerful.
1: That's right. And who has access to that? Everybody. Everybody, right? And so, you know, I I think that there's a a conversation that that needs to be had about the type of data that brokers and agents are uniquely positioned to leverage and to to use to grow their business, which we can get to in a minute. But I will say that um, to your point, like what is is the, the, the pain point or what is the biggest opportunity here? It's probably middle of funnel marketing because no one's talking about that, no one's doing it. And we all know that agents are not keeping up with clients or past clients. Or sphere of influence or or stale leads the way they should. But that's gonna be the highest ROI for your marketing dollars. Is there a way to
0: like make that happen while you're sleeping, right? Like I know certainly being in my career, I was really, you know, leveraging my sphere quite a bit, but it was a lot of manual hours. Yeah. It was I'm right there with you. Restaurants. It was like hanging out, you know, it right. was it was really hand-to-hand combat. Is there a way to touch them, uh, you know, provide value while you're kind of sleeping or doing something else Uh, for
1: for half of it? Yes. I think that there is a nurture component that can be automated, but as soon as you see a certain level of intent expressed by your sphere of influence, somebody raises their hand or wants to engage, it's going to take that personal touch. That is what cannot be replicated, which is probably a good thing for the industry. And
0: I still think there's the level of like, you can complement, and maybe you, you're doing two dinners a year instead of three with an A plus client, because some of the other stuff's complementing it. But that I don't know that relationship building, like it, you know, if they like to grab a couple drinks or something like that, there's not much that can replace that.
1: That's right, and I think you know, prioritizing your time on maybe super nodes, people who refer you a lot of business, for instance, you know, focus your time there. Uh, But make sure that you do have some care and feeding for the rest of your sphere of influence, which is what a lot of agents fall into the trap in in not doing is because they think to themselves this perceived headache or or lack of scalability of of being able to spend enough time with everyone in your sphere. It's not about that. If you can have a, a certain level of nurture for your sphere and then you know double down and put more time in when somebody expresses interest that's really the the winning winning t- ticket the,
2: the last part you said there's really important because a lot of people just want it to be automated and the call comes in and they go list the house or get the client but you've got to make the calls when you see intent and if you can solve for raising that flag a little more right that's what agents need i do agree with you byron about like the top like 10 percent you said super nodes we call them vips at our company mm-hmm. and we look for a minimum of three paychecks from that person and then all of a sudden we're spending way more time on them, but that's not most of your database. So that, that's pack, where
0: three paychecks either direct or refer. referred. Preferred, yeah. yeah, and,
2: yeah. And they they were the source of it, but so that's not the majority of your database. Maybe ten percent. So. If you can solve for the other stuff and have that flag raise a little bit.
1: Right. Like and then you still make the call and do that one to one interaction, mm-hmm. that's what great salespeople do. That's right. And, and and they rely on great tools to do that, right? I, I think it helps to know who in your pipeline deserves attention and when. Um, so like follow up boss would be a great example of a tool that does that. Real Scout does that too. In fact we integrate with follow up boss to make that happen. I just saw that. Yeah, they're they're, there. I mean, we're not the only ones and there are a lot of great tools out there, but I think it's, it's impossible to do this with post-it notes. Like you really need to have systems in place (laughs) and you think about super teams and, and and how they grow their business. They are equipped with great processes and great technology. What do
0: you say for the agent that just says, I've got a system on my post-it note, my notepad. I can't, I'm a top producer. I can't wrap my mind around the CRM. I just can't do it. What do you say to that agent?
1: Well, I'll say that's great if it works for them, right? What are their goals? If they're looking to double their business, then I would have a different, you know, advice to them. But if they're happy, you know, doing half a million dollars a year in GCI and that's their business and they love their post-it notes, then that's great, right? But there are some people who are trying to take their business to the next level. And some of these systems like post-it notes just don't scale.
0: Yeah. So if you want growth, if you want 15% growth year over year for a period of time, you're going to have to have a better system than just writing on a piece of paper. That's right. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense to me. Tom, <laughs> I mean, it always makes sense to me, but I, Tom knows what I'm talking about. Cause like there's agents that say this all the time, you know, that's just like,
2: we don't need your I, systems. I, we don't need tech. We've been doing it like this forever. Yeah.
1: Right. I want
0: to get to this level, but I'm not willing to change.
1: Well, I have advice to any like brokerages that would be listening that hear that from their agents is focus on a product that is relevant to the most to the highest percentage of agents. Let me give you a, a counterexample. Uh, in this industry, everyone talks about CRM. But if you are a broker out there, ask yourself this question, what percentage of my agents care about a CRM? Less than 10. And look at yourself and percentage the use the CRM? Yeah. That's even lower. N- well, we'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> but what percentage find it relevant in their business? Yeah. And 10% is probably about right, but Look yourself in the mirror. Ask yourself that question because then it begs the question: Okay, why am I investing all this money in a CRM, knowing that if a hundred percent of that ten percent adopt and start using this software, we're still a ten percent adoption? Right. It makes no sense at all. So, and they're,
0: to your point, they're going to be scattered on a million different CRMs. The ten percent that believe in CRM, whether it's Follow Boss or Boomtown or exactly right, yeah. yeah, exactly
1: right. So, but your denominator is ten yeah. percent. So you know, best case scenario is that. So obviously I'm partial to property alerts and home search, but one of the reasons why we get such high adoption with teams and brokerages is because property alerts are relevant to 100% of agents at a brokerage. Sure. Every single agent is familiar with it. They know why it's important. They probably don't love the ones that they're sending from the MLS, um, but it's just it, it just makes a lot more sense to focus on that part.
0: All right. I mean, I think you've delivered some serious value, but now you're going to have to pitch myself, <laughs> Tom Tool. We're both going to do over a thousand transactions each on our respective teams. So, why should we consider Real Scout for our mega teams?
1: Sure. So, I, I really do think that the best people for you to hear from would be our customers. So, I'd absolutely encourage you to invite some customers I'm not punting you're not punting I'm not punting you? I okay, will right. answer the question but when you walk around a conference like the T3 Summit or any other yeah. conference you're going to talk to our customers because they will do a much more compelling job pitching it than I 100%. could um, 100% case studies close. that's actually a really good yeah. point
0: no that, that is a it, great it point is, that's is, a great point for everybody listening broker, team leader, agent you want case studies well and and it's a good
1: reminder that in your real estate business or even if you're yes. a te- technology entrepreneur yeah. listening that is going to be your bread and butter for growth Real Scout does virtually no paid advertising you'll never see us with a booth at a conference just think about that for a second We're kevin's probably-
0: reminding me multiple times <laughs> we want to get you part of the bam family uh, yeah we don't Media. do we don't do sponsorships
1: but we'll, you know change, we'll our, change
0: that a couple our, months here You'll see him uh, promoting well, on bam you
1: just have to hit me up as much as kevin hits you up and yeah, there we go. relentless follow-up so here, here's the deal you know right now as a, as an agent or as a brokerage you probably struggle with the following your agents are are on the mls as their primary vehicle for home search and your clients are searching on the national portals so what that does is it removes visibility into your clients behavior Earlier, when we were talking about those clues or those signals on who to prioritize in your pipeline, you don't get any of those clues, you don't get any signal when your clients are being held captive by a competitor's website. Mm -hmm. So for the longest time, the remedy to this was, oh, we just need a better website. Not really. Consumers are not going to use your website for home search. right? They're probably not going to trust it as a neutral third party if you're with remax for instance remax has such a strong brand as a brokerage that it lacks all credibility as a neutral third party for home search and your brand too i mean any any brokerage out there yeah
0: no we're in agreement on that yeah yeah, uh,
1: yeah we're not and, and, and i think this is the the industry is slowly waking up to this news that a consumer doesn't want to download the Andrew Flackner Realtor app from yeah. the App Store, right? It lacks credibility. So, Real Scout has developed a best in class product that helps agents and clients collaborate around the home search. And we do that better than anyone because we focused on that for the past 10 years, and it's really been our sole focus for the last 10 years. So if you want to keep tabs on what your clients are searching for, how their tastes are changing, understand who to prioritize, you're gonna see a lift in your business because when you captivate your sphere of influence with that technology, you are going to close more transactions with it.
0: The client has to opt into this?
1: Uh, you, it's, it's designed for your agent-affiliated clients, so in theory, they would have already opted into working with you or yeah. using your software, but you can set them up on listing alerts, you can migrate over from other systems, you can integrate with MoxieWorks or Follow-Up Boss or any of the tools that we integrate with. Um, but that's the short of it, is that we are a, a platform that facilitates collaboration between agents and clients. And then recently, if you've seen Real Scout in the headlines, it's because we are now taking the exhaust from all that home search activity and revealing it for listing agents so that you can walk into a listing appointment and say, you know what, in this region, in New Jersey, 25 of the biggest brokerages are all using Real Scout now and they're sharing their anonymized buyer data with each other. So isn't that important when you can walk into a listing presentation and say, you know, Mr. And Mrs. Seller, I know you think your home is worth 800,000, but if we lower the price to 770, we can capture 12% more of the buyers in the market.
0: That's really powerful. I I agree. Showing them the data on exactly where to price their house outside of, we were just talking before you walked in, we're talking about, what agents are doing for cmas and what they're doing to like bring value to show where to price and obviously right now you're getting conversations where i, I want to price here well if you price here you can get this many offers and showing them that data well, right well if you just price it right here this is well, how it's going to work. the problem is that
1: a cma is historical and correct and in yeah, our, that's in, what we're just yeah, saying. and it lags yeah, yeah exactly so knowing what my neighbor's house sold for six months ago is not as relevant as knowing how many buyers are looking in this neighborhood mm. at this price point today
0: this minute the last 24 hours, how That's many are right. out there? So in the comments, if you're using Real Scout, love to hear your testimonial. Yes, And I'll match it up to that. Andrew's pitch <laughs> uh, on the pod here. So anything to wrap this up? Yeah,
2: real quick, so you've talked about a lot of great stuff. Here. I think you unpacked a lot using data to close, which I'm a big fan of because then you don't have that commission breath. Any of the agents watching, what's one piece of advice you have for an agent, whether they are using Real Scout or not, that they should be implementing in their business today?
1: Uh, there's so many nuggets. Um, Give us the best nugget, the golden nugget. I would say look at your budget over the last 12 months? Where have you been investing in your business? And then look at where your transactions are coming from. What percentage of them are coming from SEO? The answer is probably close to zero. So if you're (laughs) spending 50% of your budget in (laughs) SEO, then maybe look yourself in the mirror and ask why you're doing that. Um, If you are getting all of your business from repeat business, referrals, and sphere of influence, ask yourself, what is your level of investment at the middle of the funnel? And I think that's a really eye-opening conversation to have with your team or with yourself. Love it. Yeah,
0: I, I do love that. Middle of the funnel. I think a lot of agents that are doing well with middle of the funnel are probably really strong on social. Yes. But this gives that, that probably, you know, data Component that maybe they're not doing on social, unless they're using Keeping Current Matters or something like that. Right. In, in their social. We call it tofu, market. top
1: of funnel, yeah. mofu, m- middle of yep. funnel, and bofu, bottom of funnel. And shifting budget from the tofu to the mofu is probably how you're going to get more ROI this year.
0: Tofu to the mofu. I almost want to go to nobu right now. <laughs> all right. We're, we're wrapping this thing up, Andrew. Really appreciate
1: hey, it. Hey, it was a pleasure. Thanks for coming all yeah. man. Absolutely. Thank you both.